Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. We've been in this series, Survival to Revival, right? And it's been all about the grind, right? Like every day, we're just trying to get through the grind. We're just trying to get through the day, and it's a mess. It's like just day in, day out, same oh, same oh. We're just going through this stuff. And, and that is not the life that God has for you. And he wants you to break free from that. He wants you to break free from that and to live in revival mode. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want us to talk about, and you can see, I'm going to invite some friends up here with me uh, to discuss it some more. But we're <laughs> I do have some friends. And uh, I, want, I want to talk about what... what this happened personally in their life because for you and I, we can find freedom in Jesus Christ. There is freedom for you and I, and he will help us to move out of that survival mode into revival mode. And so in the, in the book of Isaiah, and, and there's a number of spots in the book of Isaiah where uh, it's, it's prophetic writings of the Messiah, right? The Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. And, and there's all these different writings throughout the book of Isaiah. It's one, what he's known for ma- mainly is leading the way to the Messiah that's coming. And in, in Isaiah 61 is one of those examples. In the beginning, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to pro- proclaim good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. And listen, and to release them, darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim Look, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and to show them uh, the favor that God has, the comfort for all who mourn. That chapter 61 is called, is called the year of the Lord's favor. That's the name of it. And so all throughout centuries, uh, the Jewish people, the Israelites have been looking at this book of Isaiah and they've recognized so many writings are leading us to the Messiah. And Jesus shows up on the scene. And Jesus is starting to gain some popularity. And so if you'll flip over, and I have it on the screen too as well, Luke, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 14. Here's what it says. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread across the whole countryside because people know man like wait up hold up like is this the stuff that we've been reading about like is this the messiah and he's gaining more and more popularity uh he was teaching listen he was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him and then he went to nazareth where he'd been brought up all right so he's going home on the sabbath day he went to the synagogue as was his custom and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Like, hey, why don't you read this one? <laughs> I don't know, maybe something in here. And they hand that to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. Listen to what he says. This is what he reads. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery to the sight of blind and to set the oppressed free, then to what? Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And then check it out. He rolls up the scroll, it says, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sits down. Look at this next verse. The eyes of everyone on in the, in the synagogue were on him. Everybody just had their eyes locked in on him. And so he began to say this. Today, will you read this out loud? Because I think it's on the screen. You ready? Go. Today, this scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing. What's Jesus saying? It's me, right? That's what he's saying. All this stuff that you've been reading about in Isaiah, it's here. And I am here to proclaim this is the day, this is the year of the Lord's favor. And what he's going to do is he's going to what? He's going to set the captives free. He's going to bind up the brokenhearted. He's going to help those that are poor, that are poor in spirit, that are struggling, that are fighting through day in and day out grind. And he's going to set them free because there's freedom in Jesus. In John 8.31 says this, if I can find it. Jesus said, nope, that's the wrong one. To the Jews who had believed, here's what Jesus said. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Watch 32. Can we, is it on the screen? Read 32 out loud. Ready? Go. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because that's what he's here to do. And he wants you and I to no longer be living in this survival mode. And so I thought what would be super cool is if we brought some people up here on stage uh, that have lived this out. Real life stories of people uh, that have moved out of survival mode and into revival mode. And so will you please welcome to the stage with me Misty McDermott, Mike Crafton, and Luis Ruiz. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, uh, we did this already at the 9 o'clock, and uh, everybody was great. Mike was okay. He still has got some work to do. No, I'll tell you some more about that in a minute. But uh, I, I uh, am so excited for you guys today to be able to hear these. Like when I heard uh, each of these stories uh, from, from these guys just in developing relationship as they share their life with me and, uh, and where they are and how they got where they are to today. Uh, it's just so cool to watch God work. And, and, and this, is, this is what Scripture says. Scripture says that you and I, all right, talking about all of us, you and I overcome, right? Because this world has a lot to overcome. Yeah. You and I overcome by, listen, by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus. And you know what the next part is? And the word of your testimony. Yes. And so to that's how we get it. And so when we hear stories like this, it's incredibly encouraging to you and I. And it's what the Bible says will help you and I get over the hump. You tracking with me? Yeah. So I wanted these guys to share some stories, and I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> and Misty, why don't you start us off today? Well, like you said, my name's Misty. <laughs> Um, 
I come from a very broken home. I left home at 15 years old, broken, very angry, uh, resentful, and some things that happened in my life that I, I questioned God on. Mm. Why, why me? Why did you let this happen? Um, I ran for 26 years, had a heavy, heavy addiction, had multiple bad relationships, um, put myself in, in some situations that I probably shouldn't have walked out of. And mm. in 2018, I was sentenced to, to jail time. I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, get me out of here. If you get me out of here, I'll worship you for the rest of my life. Uh, he sent me to Teen Challenge. <laughs> Which, which, by the way, was super cool because a, a lot of them were here last service. A lot of the ladies were here supporting you, rallying around you, which that was awesome. Yes, I love my ladies very much. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, but in my year of my, of my program, one of the staff members looked at me and said, there's something you're holding on to. You're not, you're not progressing spiritually because there's something you're holding on to. You need to let it go. In that day... I got down on my knees and I asked the Lord to help me release it. I forgave my mother. Oh, wow. Mm. Hallelujah. I forgave my mom for what happened to me when I was a kid. And in that release, I felt the Lord come into my, the Spirit of the Lord come into me. And from that day forward, He has done nothing but bless my life. Mm. I'm now coming up on five years next month. Yeah. <laughs> staff member at Teen Challenge, Woo! and I am able to give back what Teen Challenge and the Lord gave me to other, other girls coming into the program and able to show them that life is, life is possible, clean over. Life is possible with the Lord. Yeah. Through him, anything is possible. Like it says in Philippians 4.13, 4, through Christ, all things are possible. Mm. I was uh, <clears throat> thinking about this when she was talking about that, like she had to let go, right? There was something. And, and I'm going to ask you again, what I asked you last service is, uh, do you think that with all of our folks here today or even people watching online, uh, you think anybody might need to let something go? Oh, yeah. Everybody has something that they need to <laughs> let go of, no matter how little or how big it is. Release it to God and he will heal. He yeah. will give you the strength to move forward. And if it comes up again, just release it to him again. Yeah. Amen. Walking, living example of letting go. <clears throat> My brother, Mighty Mike, is what I call him, uh, is so jacked up that, that when, he, when I had asked him about this, because he's told me some of his stories, and he has so many that he said, uh, let's listen to the others that you have on the panel and I'll just pick one of my things. <laughs> and I said, that sounds great. So he is our utility... Batting cleanup. <laughs> utility man of this. So share, share with us one of the stories. <laughs> one of the many, yeah, like Joe was saying, uh, the first half of my life was just a disaster. So the one that I settled up on finally is, is about finances. And, you know, when I, uh, when I got hired on with PG&E in 2006, I thought that I had hit a gold mine, right? My 
pay double. So I started, I started living like I was keeping up with the Joneses. I had mm-hmm. two brand new cars. I had the fifth wheel, the motorcycle, the boat. Credit cards were absolutely maxed out to the hilt, right? But then in uh, 2010, my wife at the time <coughs> said that she'd had enough of my alcoholism and my drug addiction, and she filed for a divorce. <laughs> and that really sent me into a tailspin and at the time, I had a, a pretty unhealthy cocaine addiction, too. So I just quit paying all my bills. I quit paying my mortgage. House went into foreclosure. Ended up going on disability for about a year. So my overtime pay went away. My pay got cut by about 20%. And then in uh, September 25th, 2011, when uh, it's weird, the parts that get me choked up in my own story, but it's mm. part of the power of the testimony. Amen. So in 2011, when I checked myself into a rehab, uh, well, when I checked into a rehab, and when I came out of the rehab sober, moved up here and I moved into an apartment, but I had to get the PG&E transferred over into my name, and the problem was, was I had defaulted on my PG&E account so bad that I required a deposit to get my PG&E reinstated, which I did not have the 200 bucks. Do you know how embarrassing it is to walk <laughs> into your employer's and tell them, I can't, you're going to have to turn my PG&E off. I can't pay my bill. Do you know how humbling the conversation is? I can imagine. But I went in there, and I was just honest with them, and I went up, and he said, oh, you need a $200 deposit. And he goes, oh, don't worry about that. And he just clicked around and took care of it. But before that, the night before that, I skipped a little important step. But the night before that, I was sitting in my apartment worrying about this, my PG&E being cut Mm. off. There was absolutely nothing I could do about it at that time. But I was reading in Matthew 6, mm-hmm. and I came across Matthew 6, 34, that says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for today, tomorrow will bring its own worries. Mm. Today's trouble is enough for today. Mm. And I was at complete peace when I went to bed that night and went yeah. into the office the next day. He ended up waiving that $200 deposit fee. There was nothing I could have done about it that night. But it was just, and ever since then, for the next 11, 12 years, I have not worried about tomorrow. I've completely trusted in God. Absolutely, 100%. But then fast forward six months to a year later, I still hadn't dealt with all the creditors and Mm. collections that I had in my Mm -hmm. life and the foreclosure on my house. So one weekend, I locked myself in my apartment, and I learned, uh, I watched every video I could about budgeting. I learned mm-hmm. how to work Excel and make a budget. Let me tell you what, I had gradients and pie charts and pivot tables <laughs> down, to a, down to an art. No, I, I don't even know what those are. It was, it, was a very, <laughs> it was a very simple budget, but I had finally wrapped my head around what I had actually owed, and came up to $130,000 that I was mm. in debt that I had to worry about. And so I made a game plan. You know, Dave Ramsey told you to put the smallest one up top and start paying it, and the largest one at the bottom, and just snowball it down. And for about the next five or six years, I did that. And wow. I just started paying it religiously. And um, I remember when I made that last payment to the IRS, uh, Matt, I told Matt that I'd, I'd paid it off, and he asked Amanda to record a little video of uh, my fan- financial journey, my testimony. And I remember sitting down with Amanda, and I hadn't said these words out loud yet, but she was, uh, we were recording, and I was going through it, and when I came to say that, that I was debt-free, 
I, it was the first time I had said it out loud, and I just started bawling in front of her. And poor little Amanda, she was, she was a young little Amanda. She's got this middle-aged man just sobbing <laughs> in front of her while she's trying to record this episode. But uh, yeah, uh. I got through it, and um, and it's been quite a few years now. And the revival story is now Jennifer and I we. We don't religiously still live on a budget, but we live within our means. But what we do do is we're able to take other families through budgets that are having hard times of financial crises and stuff like that. Because mm. nobody wants to talk about the big elephant in the room, right? The finances. Mm. But just recently, it, it's, it, it still comes around. Just recently, we, we have 20-year-old cars, and they're breaking down constantly within the last <laughs> couple of months. It's driving me crazy. So I'm trying to work the problem, and one of my solutions was to go back into debt, was to get a $30,000 or a $50,000 car and go back into debt. And one of, the, one of the many amazing qualities of my wonderful wife is that when, I, when I'm so wrapped up into a problem, when I step back and I talk to her about it and we, we discuss it, you know, she, she rationalizes what... I don't see, and she's like, that's not who we are. We're, we're a cash couple, we're a cash family. We don't go into debt. You know, we started a new business last year with all cash. We live on cash. So it's just wonderful to have a wife that, a partner in this life that will pull me back and, and say, hey, that's not who we are. We're, we're, not, we're not the Joneses, we're not gonna keep up with the Joneses. 20, 20 year old cars is fine for us. And hmm. that's, uh, you know, that's the financial revival story, and it's, it's still impactful for me because, like I said, Jennifer and I just had this conversation yesterday where I almost put us back in. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, amen for that, huh? It's, it's actually quite an incredible story um, of the life that you were living that you had really gotten to this place of really to the bottom. And the cool thing that Jesus does is he doesn't give you the three-step method to get out. He gets down in the hole with you, <laughs> and he picks you up, and he carries you out. That's what Jesus does. Yeah. And, he, he, and, he, and he cares for you and the compassion uh, to get you up back on your feet again. And uh, it's a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing that. Thanks, brother. Luis, uh, I think Luis, too, has a story that a lot of people can um, resonate with. Mm -hmm. many, many people can see, like, oh, yeah, I can see myself in some of that story. So please share. Okay. So my name is Luis. Um, I, I wasn't born into a Christian home, but I... Uh, started attending church at a very young age. Um, so growing up, I knew church on Sundays. Um, and then by the time I got to my adulthood, um, there's a lot going on in my life that was not in line with how Christ has to live. So I guess the summary is that um, I had become the lukewarm Christian in Revelation 3. And Throughout the week, I, I would live one way, and then Sunday I was Brother Lou, 
I, that's who I was. That's, that's just what it was. And I thought that Christianity kind of sucks. Like, I, if this is as good as it gets, this is not, this is not right. Mm. And um, in Galatians chapter 5, um, it says that when you live your life driven by the flesh, it gives way to 15, it lists 15 different sins there. Um, but then later on in that chapter, it tells us that if we are followers of Christ, that what we do is we take these things that we have been carrying, and when we encounter Christ, when we, when we take a look at Calvary and, and really behold the cross, we leave all those things there, and we turn away from that, and we live a different life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. All right. So what I'm going to tell you is my encounter with Jesus Christ. So, if we fast forward to 2020, uh, I'm not living at home anymore. I'm living up here, finishing up school, and um, still living this lifestyle of I'm one way, one time, and then I get around the, uh, a Bible or the Word or whatever, um, and I turn into this holy person, right? Brother Lou. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and the pandemic hits and I'm not plugged into a church. So I have all these questions, but I have no way to get answers. I have nobody to go to. I'm, I don't have any like spiritual leaders in my life. So the only person I could go to was my mother. Um, so I spent a lot of time on the phone with her and I would ask her all these questions. Like, what does this mean? Like, I don't understand this. And the only thing that she could tell me that that meant anything she asked me one question she asked me do you know who the holy spirit is and when she asked me that it something inside of me just like turned and it just seemed like she had waited so long to ask that question so to you parents out there who are waiting for your child to encounter the living god keep praying mm. it's it's there that's good so I took some of what she had told me, some of the resources she had handed to me, and I applied them to my, my prayer life. That was very minimal at the time, but something happened one of these nights where I was in my room. He showed up. He was there. I was in my room on my knees and I didn't come with an ask. I didn't come for anything. I just came to encounter this one they told me would show up. And he did. And the whole room knew it was just me in there, but this atmosphere changed. There was this heaviness that I can only describe physically as being submerged in water, but from above. Even the sound turned itself down. And in that moment, I knew that he was in the room with me. And in that moment, I understood what people were saying, that he wanted a relationship with me, that all he wanted was for me to show up for him. Hmm. And 
from this encounter on, this has been the only thing that I'm after. This presence of the Lord, if it's not there, I don't want it. It doesn't belong in my life. And anything that pulls me away from that leaves my life. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> All right. So you're ready to remember what we said, what you said last service? Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I, I tell this story of this first encounter of mine because this is all that it took for me to know the truth, right? Because I, like I told you guys, I, I was raised in church. It was a, more, it was a belief for me. I, I, I believed that Jesus is Lord, and I believed everything that I was being taught, but I didn't know that for sure. I, I was going off of something that I had never experienced, and in that belief, the Lord pulled me into an encounter and from that encounter, I knew Jesus is Lord, and it's, it's stronger than a belief. It's a knowing. And I, I say this to you because we are all an encounter away from moving into the next step of our faith, yeah. which is having that relationship with Christ. That, that is something to write down. <laughs> to write that down. We're all one encounter away from moving into this like different this like whole different dynamic of your relationship with the father god that loves you so much that he is just longing for it and when louise said that last service it just blew my mind i was like it couldn't be said any better than that and he said i didn't write that down that was holy spirit stuff and amen let's make sure we get it out again because that's what it was and uh, I'm grateful for that and, and for uh, you sharing that. So here's what I want to do. I want us to move into a time of prayer. And my man David can come out here. And I want to move into a time of prayer of... There's something that we need to let go of, right? I mean, Misty brought that up, that there is... There's something that we're holding on to that we need to release. Uh, and I want to pray about that. Um, there are things that we're worrying about that, that is putting this heavy burden upon us that we need to release. We need to release it to the Lord. And then I want to pray that you and I and everybody watching online will find that encounter, that we'll find the place, that we'll find the space to experience that encounter with Christ that it's like something that we've never experienced before. And that it will be one of those life-altering experiences, just like Luis explained to us what happened in his life. 